0: It's an honor to be with you here tonight. Wasn't that a wonderful message this morning from Pastor Josh? It really was. In season, in time word. While he was preaching, I looked over at my wife when he started talking about the the parable of the great banquet. And I thought, man, this is an on-time word. Um, And Josh doesn't want to be lifted and glorified. I know his heart, but I do want to say this. I just... I want to say, I was in Next Level Youth Group for around four years, and I got to sit under Josh's preaching, and I'm thankful for you, Josh, for pouring into the students. One thing I can say about Josh is he preaches the Word of God. He preaches it with, preaches it with boldness, without apology, and I appreciate that. And I am a product of his ministry, and I'm thankful for all the people that have poured into my life over the years, and he is one of them that I appreciate dearly. It's good to be in the house of God with you. It's good to be able to share this word with my family. Um, It's such an honor for me to be a part of what God's doing. If you can't see God moving, you're not paying attention. He is up to something that I can't put my finger on. Quite frankly, I don't want to put my finger on it. Because God's doing something that no man can fathom or explain or conjure up. He's up to something indescribable. He's up to something new. And I'm thankful to be a part of that. You know, we've been hearing some great words from some great preachers. And I come here tonight, honestly, with more of a word of warning for you. Because in the time of success, and when great things are happening, it's not a time to let your guard down. And so I come with a word of warning tonight, a word that I believe the Lord placed on my heart. So I'm going to pray. Um, and Before I pray, our main passage of Scripture, which I'll get to in a little bit, is Proverbs 4, verses 23 through 27. That's where I'll be focusing the message tonight. So if you have your Bible... You could be turning there if you have your phone. You could be turning there. I will be there shortly or in about 30 minutes. We'll see. Let's pray and we'll get into this word. The Lord is good. You're You're such a wonderful Savior, God. Oh, what a Savior, wonderful Jesus. It's an honor to know you. It's an honor to be a part of what you're doing. And tonight I preach to you. I preach for you. I preach to an audience of one, God, asking that your Spirit would speak through me in spite of my faults, failures, shortcomings. Speak through me, Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that I'm not here to preach for claps and for good jobs, but I'm here to preach the Word of God without apology. And I pray I would do that tonight. I pray your spirit would speak through me, God, and that heaven would meet earth. I pray that this word would cut through the heart, cut to the heart, and that we would not just hear it, but we would do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Yes. You know, if you don't know this about me, I'm kind of, I'm kind of goofy, uh, and a little crazy. I, I'm not near as crazy as I used to be, which I think the Lord had to do that to me because if I was crazy as I used to be, I, I probably wouldn't have the amazing wife that I have today. Uh, amen. Amen that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm still a little crazy, though, and, and I, I can be a little bit weird. And and one thing that, that I, I think about every once in a while, it's not something that's really fun to think about, but one thing that I think about... Uh, is like how how am I, how am I going to die you know and, and that 's kind of a morbid question you know to think about, but I just was like well, what would what would be a cool way to go? you know anybody ever think about that like what <laughs> like, oh some people's like this dude 's crazy yeah, I just told you i was i 'm a youth pastor uh, anyway, but one way and, and my friends think i 'm crazy, my wife especially one one way i wouldn 't mind departing this earth is uh, fighting a grizzly bear. And yeah, and and you know, I try not to think about it too much because if I really think about it, that's really a dumb way to die. Uh, but yeah, but th- this is the thing. Look I- I'm not going to probably, chances are, I'm not going to die by being attacked by a grizzly bear. Okay. I've been to Colorado. I've seen elk and mountain goats and I've seen all kinds of stuff, and I guess I've seen a moose. It was unbelievable, but didn't see a grizzly bear. I went to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan in bear season and didn't see a bear. I live in Poplar Bluff. Chances are I'm not going to die by being attacked by a grizzly bear, unless I'm on number one ditch. There might be a grizzly bear down there in Brosley. I don't know. I've seen alligators. I've seen walruses down there. I, the Lord only knows what's in number one ditch in Brosley. Some of y'all know I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, not a lot of Brosley folks in here tonight. That's okay. So, but unfortunately, here's the, here's the truth of the matter. I'm getting somewhere. You're like, where's he going with this? Is he ever going to read the scripture? Just calm down. I'll get there. It's going to be okay. Chances are statistics say that most likely I'm going to die from heart disease. Um, yeah. The number one killer of men and women in America is heart disease. And the number one killer of people in the world, worldwide, is actually heart disease. And the thing with that, is, it, when you think about that... I'm not making fun of heart disease. I'm not making light of it, but that just doesn't sound as exciting as dying by being attacked by a grizzly bear. It just doesn't sound as good. Now, maybe a heart attack right before he attacks. That would be good. I'll take that. Just trembling in fear. The Lord is good, and he gives me, you know. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, crazy picture. I'm crazy. I just told you that, but unless you went to Twin Rivers... Uh, School, you know that the heart is vital. Yeah, I just just made fun of Twin Rivers. I went there. I can make fun of it. It's okay. You know the heart is vital for survival. Do we know that tonight? It is vital for us to live. We have to have a good, healthy heart to exist, to live, for our body to work properly. And if it doesn't work well, then we're going to have major issues. We're going to have problems and possibly even death. Proverbs 4.23 in the ESV version says this. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. From it flow the springs of life. This is very true in a literal sense, but it's also even more true. This verse isn't talking about the physical heart. This, vo- this verse is talking about the spiritual heart. <coughs> This verse is saying so much more than that. The word heart is used 601 times throughout Scripture. 601 times. The word heart is used 97 times in the book of Proverbs alone. And when you stumble upon the word heart in Scripture, it means most of the time a lot more than just our physical heart. So I want to define the heart the Bible talks about, quickly, before we get into this. What does the Bible show us about our heart, about the heart? What do our hearts do in Scripture? What, what, what is the Bible talking about when it mentions the word heart in Scripture? And I searched hard to find a good definition of this and to explain this well. And the best place and the best thing I found came from actually a message. Uh, I don't want to take any credit for this. Um, came from a message called get smart guard your heart that was preached in James River Church a few months ago that's where this definition came from and if you want to learn more about the heart because I won't get dig into it too deep i encourage you go home go on youtube and type in heart from and, and type in bible project and it will really open your eyes some things but anyway we can break down the heart into four categories next your neighbor say four so I want to make sure you're awake four four categories the first one is this our heart has an intellectual capacity the heart thinks the heart thinks it's where we ponder it's where we debate it's where we process the things around us the heart is where we perceive number two our heart has an emotional capacity our heart has an emotional capacity Our heart experiences emotions, joy, love, sadness, anger, anguish, anxiety. Our heart has an emotional capacity. Three, our heart has a volitional capacity. Our heart is where we make decisions. It's where we decide what actions we're going to take. It's where we decide what we're going to do. It's where we decide how we're going to act And how we're going to respond. Number four, our heart has a moral capacity. Our heart is where we store our beliefs. It's where we store up what is right and wrong. It's where we store up what we think about social issues and world issues. It's where we store what we believe is okay and not okay to do. That is our heart. That is the picture the Bible paints of our hearts. And you can study that out for yourself. But the problem is, the problem is this. We are not born with a clean, pure heart. We're not born with a clean and pure and righteous heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Mark 7. 20 and 23 and he said what comes out of a person is what defiles him from from within for from within out of the heart of man come evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery coveting wickedness deceit sensuality envy slander pride foolishness all these things come from within and defile a person that's the heart you and I were born with, amen? But, look at your name and say, but, but when we begin to follow Jesus, He changes our heart. We no longer act the way we used to act. We no longer think the way we used to think. We no longer respond the way we used to respond. We no longer believe the way. We used to believe Jesus Christ comes into our life, the Holy Spirit comes in, the blood of Jesus washes us clean and he makes our heart new. He makes our heart new. David said this to God. He prayed this prayer to God. And we're going to get into this story a little later. After he committed adultery with Bathsheba, He said this, Psalms 5110, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. My friends, it's extremely important, obviously, that we have a healthy physical heart. We can't live without it. We can't live in the natural without it, but it's even more important. It's even more important for us to have a healthy, clean, righteous, spiritual heart. Because without it, we will not live, spiritually speaking. Proverbs 4.23 from the NIV version says this, Above All else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Everything we do flows from our heart. Because of that, we must guard it. That's the title of my message tonight. Simply entitled this, Guard Your Heart. So let's read the whole passage Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Here we go. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast In all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Verse 23 is as plain as day as it can be. These words written in pen were thought of and directed by the Holy Spirit. And you cannot take these words lightly. Above all else above all else above all else you see Proverbs is a book of wisdom and if you read Proverbs for yourself the title of this passage of this passage the heading is called get wisdom at any cost and Proverbs is full of of wisdom. That's what it's all about. And when you read Proverbs, it's like the word is just dropping these wisdom bombs, just boom, boom, boom. Have you ever been reading the scripture? And you and, and you should try this for yourself. And you read it, and it's like, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from Boom! It's just like powerful. You know what I'm saying? I hope I hope you know what I'm saying. Anyway, this passage is saying the biggest wisdom bomb I could ever drop on you. The most important thing you can do, this is of the utmost importance, pay attention, guard your heart. You must do everything you can do, everything in your power to guard your heart, to keep your heart secure, to shield it, to keep your heart On lockdown because everything, everything, you have to be careful when you use the word everything, do you not? You have to be careful when you use the words above all else, do you not? Scripture means what it says. Everything you do flows from it. Everything you do, every emotion You experience every decision you make, everything you believe, the actions you take come from within. They come from the heart. We as new creatures in Christ Jesus, we as new creatures in Christ Jesus must do everything we can with our new hearts to guard it. To guard it at all cost. Why? Why? Because the devil is constantly lurking, waiting for his opportunity to make his way into your heart. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour be sober-minded be watchful the devil prowls like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour we must constantly be on guard we must constantly make sure that our guards are not down because our enemy the devil lurks in the shadows patiently waiting to catch you off guard. (laughs) Patiently waiting for you to open it up. Patiently waiting for a way into your heart so he may make his way in and begin to pervert it. So he may make his way in and begin to dictate your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions, and your actions. You know, growing up, when I was younger, I used to think that for a long time, I thought, man, the devil, the devil knows my thoughts. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Anybody ever felt that way or thought that? When I was younger, I really did think that Till I realized what Scripture really said. Anybody ever think that? Nobody in the house. Amen. <laughs> you guys are better than me. You're great. I'm just playing. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> oh. the devil doesn't know your thoughts. He doesn't know everything that's taking place in your heart. But this is the thing about the devil. He studied us. He studied you. He's watched you. He's watched your habits. He's watched and and, and spotted your weaknesses. The devil knows your weaknesses. He has watched the overflow of what's inside of you because he studied you he knows what thoughts and ideas and temptations to throw your way for example this is just an example let's just say in the past you've studied. St- we just come up with a new word here at the palace of praise on september 16th 2018 you may have struggled with lust towards men or women in the past. And the devil knows this because he knows your weaknesses. And you're sitting in a restaurant, and all of a sudden, someone walks by. A dude walks by in a low-cut tank when he's, he's yoked like Stephen Furtick. <laughs> Some of you get that. Anyway, and you're a woman, and you, or you're a man, and you're sitting there, and this woman comes in. Let's just get real. Can I just get a little bit real? Wearing something a little too provocative, showing a little too much. And you see it, and seeing it isn't the sin. But you see it, and you know in your heart. And then the devil begins to throw things at you. Is he going to let his guard down? Is he going to look again? Is she going to look again? Is she going to start to ponder and think? That's how the devil operates. That's how it works. When, they, when you get in those situations, he knows. He waits in the shadows. He waits for his opportunity to pounce. And when your weakness comes your way, when your guard's down, he's going to do everything he can to pervert it, to twist it. Because when you obsess and you think and you ponder on sin, it's going to come out of you. It's going to come out of you. And he knows it. Here's the awesome thing. When your defense is up, the devil can't penetrate it. When your defense is up, the devil can't penetrate it. He doesn't have free reign here. He doesn't have free reign here. You make the conscious or unconscious decision to let him in. You see an example of someone who let the devil into their heart. There's so many examples. We'll just use this one. Acts 5.3, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Acts 5.3, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? If you haven't read that story, Ananias comes in and lies to Peter and to the church, and God strikes him dead. A couple hours later, his wife comes in, lies just like her husband. The Lord strikes her dead. She falls down, and they carry her out just like they carried out her husband two hours earlier. Where did that come from? Ananias, Sapphira let their guard down, they let Satan have free reign in their heart. Let's move on. So, so far we know. We must guard our heart because the enemy is doing everything he can to come in and take root. So, how do we keep our guard up? What are some ways, practical ways, to keep up your guard? I believe there are more ways than this, but I believe the the answer to a lot of it lies right here in this passage. So, we're going to cover this Proverbs 24 through 27, three ways. To guard your heart. Three ways to guard your heart. Let's read verse 24 again. Keep your mouth free from, of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. First thing. Guard what you watch. No, excuse me. Guard what you hear. Guard what you hear. Guard what you hear. There are some things you don't need to hear. There is some music you don't need to listen to. There are some people you don't need to spend too much time around. There are some jokes when they begin you just need to go ahead and walk on. Not... Not, not casting blame or, or making fun or making, puffing yourself up and saying, I'm too good. But it's just knowing. I, I, don't, I don't need to hear this. This isn't beneficial. I'm not going to let this in my heart. It's so funny how the bad things you let in just seem to never go. Like the things you hear and the, the things you see, they just never seem to go away. They take root in your heart. Guard what you hear because it has an effect on your heart. Number two, verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the pass of your feet. Excuse me, just verse 25. <coughs> Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Second thing, second way to guard your heart. Guard what you see. Guard what you see. There are some things you have no business seeing. There are some shows you really don't need to watch. There are some movies you don't need to see. There are some websites you really don't need to view. There are some Instagram and Facebook pages that you shouldn't like or follow. There are some Snapchats, kids, that you see that people you know you have no business opening. What you see has an effect on your heart. Third thing, verse 26 and 27. Give careful thought to the pass of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Third thing, third way to guard your heart. Watch where you go. There are some parties you shouldn't attend, some establishments, some businesses that you shouldn't set your foot in. There are some men and women's offices that you work with. There are all men's and women's offices that you work with that you shouldn't be in there alone with them. There's some friends' houses that you shouldn't really go to, depending on how mature you are. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. There are some places you shouldn't go. Now, this may be weird to you. I don't know if it's weird to you. Some of you might already practice this. Some of you might already think this way. Some of you might not. Some people don't give a lot of thought to what they see. They don't give a lot of thought to what they hear. They don't give a lot of thought to where they go. They're just not worried about it. You might not feel like this is important. You might not feel like things have an effect on you. Whether you realize it or not, they do. Whether you realize it or not, they do. Because when you make a choice, when you make a choice, when you make a choice to watch certain things, to listen to certain things, and to go to certain places... You're giving those things free entrance into your heart. You're opening the doors wide and saying, Come on in, the water's fine. Let me explain myself in a little more depth. Let's just use music and movies as an example of this. You might not, some of you might not, have much concern with what you consume when it comes to music and movies. But the thing is, when you make the decision, consciously or unconsciously, to open up your heart, to engage in these things, you are putting your guard down because you can't just consume something and not think about it. You can't just listen to country music. And I'm not dogging country music and saying, I'm not drawing lines in the sand here. I'm not saying what you should or shouldn't watch. That's up to you. You have to decide that for yourself. But what I am saying is, these things have an effect on your emotions. Remember, the heart is where you experience emotion. Listen to a country song. You feel like you just want to die afterwards. Can I get an amen? Yeah, my girlfriend's gone. My dog died. My truck broke down because it's a Ford. And, yeah. Shots fired. Shots fired. when you make the conscious decision to engage in certain things to consume certain things you're giving them free reign right here and you might not see the effect immediately but I promise you you will see the effect eventually it will come out of you whether it comes out of your mouth you just I, 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 don't, don't do this but go try to watch a bunch of movies full of cussing and before you know it I'm not telling you to do this. This is just an example, so calm down, people. This is crazy. He told me to go watch cussing movies. That's not what I'm saying here. Just hear me out, okay? You go try to watch movies that just cuss repetitively and see what begins to slip out of your mouth when you get mad. It'll come out of you eventually. It'll come out of the actions you take. Anyway. I have to be careful preaching this way because if there's one thing that I hate and that God hates, God hates legalism. I am not up here preaching legalism. I am not up here drawing lines in the sand and saying, oh, if you watch that show, (laughs) that's not what I'm doing here tonight. Please know my heart. Before What I am saying is this. Before you make the decision to watch, listen, or go, ask yourselves these these two questions. Is, Is this going to affect my heart in a negative manner? And is this worth me letting my guard down just to be entertained? Is it really worth me letting my guard down just for a moment or moments of satisfaction to my flesh so I might be entertained. You know, this message is close to my heart. I'm going to get a little real with you for a moment. You see, I have been guilty of this in the not-so-distant past several months ago. I got to this place where I was watching a couple things I shouldn't have watched as far as shows go. It doesn't matter what those shows were. My wife knows what they were. And I was listening to things I shouldn't listen to in the sake of remaining relevant as a youth pastor. As a sake of knowing what kids are consuming and listening to. And I I didn't realize what I was really doing was, was letting my guard down, and looking back, the Lord started to convict me. He started to convict me to my core, and he began to say, you you, you say you're doing these things so you'll be relevant, so you'll know what kids are consuming, so you know what's going on in the world, but you don't understand the effect it's having on your heart. And to be honest, I think, and this is me being very honest, to think back I think, how arrogant and how prideful was I to think that just because I'm spiritual and just because I spend time with God and just because I'm a youth pastor and I'm ordained or whatever, I'm so arrogant to think that I was so spiritual that those things couldn't affect me. How arrogant was I? I implore you, don't get to that place I was at. Don't begin to believe that lie because I promise you, you ain't spiritual enough. You ain't Jesus. No matter who you are, no matter who you are, guard your heart. Close out this sermon. I want to look at the life of David in a couple different areas. And don't don't get too excited because it's still going to be a minute. Like you did this morning. (laughs) Stand. I'll be laughing about that for a while. Anyway, let's look at two different points in David's life. One where he had his guard up and one where his guard was just down. 1 Samuel 17, one of the most famous stories in Scripture. I hope old famous stories don't get old to you because I'm telling you, the reason they're so famous is because they're powerful and because there's so much there. Anyway, the story of David and Goliath. David was young, and David's father told him to go to the battlefield where his brothers were and give them some food. And there was a man called Goliath, as many of you may know, maybe not, that stood 10 foot tall. He was a mighty Philistine warrior. And for 40 days, he was mocking the Israelites, God's chosen people who had whooped tons of armies and defeated... Anyway, he stood there for 40 days mocking Israel, and he was calling out, saying, One of you come and defeat me, and we will be your slaves. If you defeat me, uh, we will be your slaves. Did I say the same thing twice? You catch my drift. Vice versa. Anyway, no one would battle Goliath for 40 days. So David comes to the battlefield and sees what's going on. He comes and he sees these soldiers. I I just can't imagine these soldiers just, just trembling, maybe not with their eyes but just talk to them and David talking to them and this is Zach's version I just think about David coming to the battlefield and seeing all these men Just is he, just, is he ever going to go away just trembling in fear David knew who God was and David's like what what's everyone's problem do you not know who our God is so David says I I will do it I'll do it I'll face Goliath. He goes to Saul. Saul tells him, you're crazy. You're just a youth, David. Just a youth. You're just young. Were you crazy? He heard him. His guard was up. He listened to the voice of God. He didn't listen to the voice of fear. He saw Goliath's eyes. He heard his taunts. He didn't allow it to penetrate his heart. His guard was up. And he knew deep down in his heart that God would give him the victory. None of these things he saw, heard, or seen penetrated his heart. Here's the thing. You can't always control what surrounds you you can't you can't always control what surrounds you you have to go to work do you not you have to go to school do you not and if your kids go to Westwood I want to tell you something nothing against Westwood but they still still hear junk you can't protect yourself from evil all the time you're going to hear things. You're going to see things that if you allow them will affect your heart negatively. You can't live your life going, see no evil, fear no evil, see no evil, fear no evil. (laughs) You can't live under a rock. Patrick Starr tried that and you see how he turned out. (laughs) Great case study. Spongebob jokes. Anyway, don't leave Holy Spirit. For real. Anyway, you can't always control what surrounds you. But it doesn't have to penetrate. If you have your guard up. David's guard was up. He knew he was where he was supposed to be, that he was doing what he was supposed to do. It didn't matter what anyone said. It didn't matter what anyone thought. It did not matter how many soldiers trembled in fear. It didn't matter to David because he knew that God had placed in his heart that he could do it because he would give him the victory. His, heart, his guard was up, and because of that, God did give him the victory now let's go to 2 Samuel 11 2 Samuel 11 such a sad sad story that literally if you study it out the sadness and the just begins in chapter 11 the enemy caught David with his guard down 2 Samuel 11 One through five, they're going to put it on the screen for you. Notice everything this scripture says. In the spring, at the time when David, or at the time when kings go off to war, David sent out Joab with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent out someone to find her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and slept with her. And he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness, Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. The first thing you notice in verse 1 is this. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent out Joab. David wasn't where he was supposed to be, David was not at war. And that's where he was supposed to be. You see, David, I believe, he let his past success and all the things God had done through him and in him and the great victories that he had, him and his mighty men, that brought him to this place of comfort and contentment. And because he was comfortable and content, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And his guard was down. So David isn't where he's supposed to be. Then he sees something he didn't need to see. Here's the thing. Unless David had already saw her in the past, him just seeing Bathsheba was not a sin. Unless he was up there with intent, which the Bible doesn't tell us, unless he knew that's where she would be, David seeing her was not a sin. But when he took the next step, when he saw her and he began to stare, guard down, guard down, the devil knew, I got him. David takes the next step, Ask about her, has her over, sleeps with her, gets her pregnant, He allowed the enemy to infiltrate his heart. And because of that, he made a critical mistake that resulted in much heartache. David's sin led to more sin. He ended up killing Uriah the Hittite. Him and Bathsheba's son became ill and died as a result of his sin. One of David's sons raped one of his daughters as a result of his sin. There's more that took place because David let his guard down one time. Completely gave enemy free reign right here in his heart that destroyed him. brought much destruction. It did not destroy him. Learn from David. Learn from David. Guard your heart. Guard your heart above all else. Because everything you do flows from it. Would you stand with me tonight? I wondered why God uh, wanted me to preach this tonight. And you don't always completely understand why God lays something on your soul. You don't. Because I know this was basic. I get that. But this is what I believe the the Lord wanted me to preach to you tonight as a word of warning to you. Because in this time, as Pastor Randy preached a few weeks ago, we're in the labor room. Something's about to happen. Something's taking place. And when you're in this place and you're in this time, the devil will do anything he can do to stop you from being a part of what God has in store for you and for this church. And when you have success and you see God do amazing things, it doesn't mean that's a time to let your guard down. It doesn't mean it's a time to take relax and ease and believe that you're impenetrable and believe that nothing can touch you or harm you. It's a time to remain on guard. You're to always remain on guard. Because I promise you, the devil don't take a break. The devil doesn't take a break. When you get a new heart, there's automatically a target on that heart to do anything he can do to destroy it and to pervert it and to bring it back to the state it was before Jesus came into your life. Guard your heart. What's your heart look like tonight? What does your heart look like tonight? What is the overflow of your life? From your heart flow the springs of life. Not everyone's heart is flowing springs of life. You can't drink water from a corrupt, polluted spring. Would you just bow your heads with me tonight? I don't necessarily feel led to have an altar call. These altars are open and we will pray for you. But this is just a word of warning. In a time to analyze yourself, to analyze what you do, what you watch, where you go, to check yourself, to ask God to check yourself, to check you and see the condition that your heart's in. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do anything. I don't want to take any action that's going to cause me to miss out on what God has for my life. I don't want to make a mistake that will ruin my marriage. I don't want to make a mistake that will ruin my ministry. I don't want to make a mistake that will have a negative effect on many people like David did. I want to live a life for Jesus. I want Jesus to flow out of my heart. I want to be full of love, compassion, joy, peace. I want to pray for you. And as I pray, these altars are open. We would love to pray with you. If not, I just ask you and challenge you to go home and think and analyze and take action. Because this word is no good if you don't do anything with it. Let us pray. Jesus, you're good. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for allowing us to be made new. I thank you that you came into my life, that you changed the way I thought. You changed the way I believe. You remove sin from my life. You cleanse me and make me righteous before you, God. I thank you for that sacrifice, Jesus. I ask, Lord God, if there's anyone in this place whose heart has been corrupted and defiled and they've allowed sin to enter in, Lord, there are people in this place that the devil has been studying, and they don't even realize that their guard is down. They don't even realize those thoughts about adultery, if they're not careful, will come to fruition. They don't even realize those thoughts about stealing from their company. They don't even realize if they continue to think and dwell and ponder, that could turn into action. In this time of success, let us not get prideful and arrogant and believe nothing can penetrate, but let us have our guards up in the name of Jesus. Above all else, let us guard our heart for everything we do flows from it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. These altars are still open. We love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope you join us for prayer on Wednesday night. Youth, kids, we got things going on for everyone. and We'd love to have you. God bless you. You are dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.